Hello my friends, and welcome back to another episode of Strange Origins. For this particular episode, I've got a topic that I think a lot of you can relate to. In honor of this being my 13th episode, I thought that I would look into the history of the number 13, and really, just unlucky numbers in general. I don't exactly remember my first experience with the number 13. But I strongly believe that's because it was so ingrained into my life from a young age that as a Westerner, I have never really questioned what makes the number 13 such a disruptive concept. I do vividly remember dreading my 13th birthday and being disappointed that I was to graduate high school in 2013. I'm not alone in my experiences with dreading the number though. 13 has managed to make a lot of people skittish about milestones in their lives. Turning a certain age that is divisible by 13, which includes 26, 39, 52, and so on, a lot of people will also avoid, at all costs, buying a house with the number in its address, or even getting married on a date that involves the number. A lot of American neighborhoods and apartment complexes avoid involving 13 in their planning, instead opting for structures labeled 12A, or simply just skipping the number altogether. One of my favorite nods towards this superstition is in Stephen King's short story titled 1408. In it, a paranormal skeptic stays the night in a hotel room that is known for causing many deaths and is thought to be extremely haunted by those who enter but never check out. It's later recognized that the numbers of the room, 1, 4, and 8, add up to, you guessed it, 13. About 10 years ago, it was estimated that around 17 to 21 million Americans suffer from a fear of the number. To sky decaphobia, the fear of the number 13 was coined more than a century ago. Later, the term frig to sky decaphobia, which is the fear of Friday the 13th, was also coined. The first portion of this word friga comes from a Greek and Norse combination of words meaning Friday. In Norse mythology, in fact, Frigga is the wife of Odin, and the goddess of family, fertility, motherhood, marriage, and love. It's ironic that the number 13 can be attributed to femininity in the Norse culture, seeing as in China, 13 is also a number associated with fertility, blood, and lunar potency. This, in part, can be attributed to the fact that it's common that women can experience 13 menstrual cycles in a single year instead of 12. To celebrate the mid-autumn festival and to represent the 13 months of a full lunar year, certain Chinese women are known to make cakes with the number 13 on them, or to make moon cakes and stack them to look like a pagoda, which is a Hindu or Buddhist temple. So, where did the Western fear of this seemingly random number come from? To be honest, there's not really a singular source. 
It comes from quite a few sources, and it's a bit more complicated than you might think. Mathematically speaking, ancient Sumerians considered the number 12 to be the perfect number. In my opinion, this makes total sense. 12 is divisible by 2 and 4, which makes organizing the two 12-hour sets of the day and the four sections of the 12 months of the year extremely neat and tidy. So, if you add one more, making 13, things get a bit more complicated. According to historians, it was also mythology that brought 13 to the forefront of people's minds. In Norse mythology, a famous story recounts a dinner party at Valhalla, a hall in Asgard that was said to be ruled by the god Odin and his son, the famous Thor. While twelve gods were present at this party and everyone was happy, eating and drinking and telling stories, the trickster Loki decided to appear, thus causing there to be thirteen guests. Loki caused trouble, as he was famous for doing, and convinced one of the guests to shoot the god Baldr, who was one of Frigga and Odin's sons. He was known for being the god of light, joy, purity, and of the summer sun. Baldr was killed by another guest with a mistletoe-dipped arrow, and after that, quote, the whole earth got dark. The whole earth mourned. It was a bad, unlucky day, end quote. This is also why today it's considered bad luck to sit down at a table of 12, making the number 13. In a strikingly similar story, Christian theology recounts in the New Testament that the Last Supper featured 13 members, including Jesus and his 12 disciples. It's still debated today whether the 13th member was considered to be Jesus himself or his disciple Judas who infamously betrayed him, leading to his death a short while after the famous gathering. Some scholars also believe that the Last Supper occurred on the 13th of Nisan, which is a month on the Jewish calendar, while others believe that it was the crucifixion of Christ that occurred on the 13th instead of the Last Supper. It's also infamously known that the Knights Templar, the Catholic military order that was headquartered in Jerusalem around 1100 AD, was rounded up and executed on Friday, October 13th, 1307. At the time, the knights acted as money keepers for European kings, including the French King Philip IV. After a war, Philip couldn't repay the knights and schemed with powerful members of the church to accuse the knights of Satanism and other crimes. When the entire group was killed, there was no longer anyone to recall his debt and he was then free of his obligation of repayment. Beyond religion, 13 seems to show up in some of the darkest moments of history. It's even said that traditionally there were 13 steps up to the gallows. This, according to sources, makes sense as it would allow for officials to hang people charged with crimes from a tall enough height that their feet wouldn't touch the ground when pushed down. Along with that belief, there is also a story that states that executioners would tie the rope used to hang people with 13 knots. While there's not a lot of evidence to back up the claim that this was actually put into practice, American songwriter Woody Guthrie, who also famously wrote the song This Land is Your Land, also wrote about the 13 knots in a hangman's noose. He wrote, quote, Did you ever see a hangman tie a hangknot? 
I've seen it many a time, and he whines, he whines. After thirteen times, he's got a hangnot. End quote. It also adds fuel to the idea when you realize that traditionally, a coven of witches usually has thirteen members. In some stories, it is all thirteen that make up a coven, and in others, the coven is made up of twelve witches, and is brought up to the number thirteen when the devil joins the group. It is also known by some that the thirteenth card of a tarot deck is the character of death. This character is usually depicted as a knight in armor, riding a pale white horse. He's often thought of as one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse that appears in the final book of the New Testament in the Christian faith. Though the card's meaning is often misconstrued, the death card can mean a lot of things, and not all are necessarily bad. As tarot card readers avoid predicting actual deaths, the 13 card stands more as a representation of rebirth or change. If you draw the card in a session, you should look at it as more of a signal to let go of old issues or beliefs, or rather, a past version of yourself that needs to be put to rest. It's also a well-known wives' tale that having 13 letters in your name means that you are cursed. While a pretty silly superstition in my opinion, it doesn't help to quelch your fears when you realize that a number of murderers have 13 letters in their names. This includes Charles Manson, Jeffrey Dahmer, Theodore Bundy, and Albert DeSalvo. Though thinking about it, I am starting to wonder if that includes just last names, as my surname Wollstonehume consists of 13 letters. The U.S. isn't the only country to fear a number, though. In Italy, 17 is the number to be feared. This is because in Roman numerals, it can be rearranged to translate to I have lived, which is the past tense of the phrase signifying the idea that if you have already lived, that you in fact are already dead. The, f the fear of the number is so strong that a lot of planes avoid having a 17th row, and a few hotels don't feature the room 17. Infamously, the number 616, or 666, is often cited as related to the devil. This is because it was mentioned in the book of Revelations in the New Testament as, quote, the mark of the beast. And as I'm recording this episode, it's also ironic that as I looked at my statistics for who has been listening to this podcast, the total number of listens has reached the number 666. Alternatively, in Asian superstition in regions such as Hong Kong and Macau, the number 13 is considered lucky, as it sounds similar to a Cantonese phrase that means sure to live. The number 14, rather, is unlucky, as it sounds like a phrase that translates to sure to die. Beyond just the number 13, the Western world has also grasped onto the idea that the occasional Friday the 13th on our calendars are cause to fear. While Westerners have run with the superstition making comments whenever something unfortunate happens on those days, the fear of particular days of the week has pretty deep roots in European history. First of all, it's known that Romans preferred to execute people on Fridays. Secondly, it's known that in certain Spanish-speaking countries, and also in Greece, it's Tuesday the 13th that is considered bad luck. This is in part due to the fact that the Greeks assigned a god to every day of the week, and the one assigned to Tuesday was the god of war, Ares. 
Along with that is the fact that Tuesday is the third day of the week, which is another number that holds a lot of superstitious weight. The belief that Tuesday and the 13th were cursed was later strengthened when Constantinople fell to the Fourth Crusade on a Tuesday the 13th in 1204, and later again to the Ottomans on a Tuesday the 29th in 1453. The fear of the number 13 even went so far as to spook Christopher Columbus from putting down the correct date of his landing in the Americas. While he had hit dry land on the 13th of October, he made a decision to change the date to the 12th so as to not scare people away from coming to the new land. In more recent years, infamous events that have occurred on Friday the 13th include the bombing of Buckingham Palace in September of 1940, the disappearance of a Chilean Air Force plane in the Andes in October of 1972, and the killing of Tupac in September of 1996. It's not a great day for natural disasters to occur either. The Australian bushfires of 1939, which killed 36 people in one day, and the cyclone that hit Bangladesh in 1970, killing 300,000 people, are among the list of natural events to occur on a Friday the 13th. That also includes a freak snowstorm that hit Buffalo, New York in October 2006, and which put 22 feet of snow on the ground. The unexpected storm caused havoc, with around 1 million people losing power for up to a week. In Scandinavian folklore, days that are considered to be unlucky are referred to as Tycho Brahe days. This is usually in reference to witchcraft and what was considered the best or worst days to perform magic on. Tycho was a man who lived in the late 1500s, who was famous for being an astronomer, astrologer, and alchemist. If you check out my Instagram page at Strange Origins Podcast, you can see a picture of Tycho and what I would refer to as his magnificent mustache. These quote-unquote unlucky days were listed in widely used almanacs, though it's still debated today whether Tycho personally had anything to do with the naming of these days. Some say that he was very scientific, empirical, while others state that he was extremely superstitious. Nonetheless, the mention of Tycho Brahe days still shows up in Scandinavian folklore. In the last century or so, it's thought that the idea that Friday the 13th was cursed was popularized by a man by the name of Thomas W. Lawson. Lawson had run away at 12 to become a clerk at a Boston bank, and soon after that took an interest in stocks. He afterward became a multimillionaire by investing in the copper boom of the 1890s. Around 1907, he wrote a book titled Friday the 13th. The book followed a broker who took advantage of the fear of the date in order to create a Wall Street panic. This was around the time that a boat named after Lawson, which was the only seven-masted schooner in existence, and which he had heavily invested in, wrecked off the Isle of Scilly on a Friday the 13th. Unsurprisingly, the belief in bad luck spilled over into the sports world. It's believed that the football quarterback Dan Marino, despite being one of the best in his position, never managed to win a Super Bowl. A lot of fans speculate that this is due to the fact that his jersey number was 13. The same thing happened with basketball player Steve Nash. Despite having a career that landed him a spot in the Basketball Hall of Fame, he never won himself a championship. Some believe it's because of his jersey number. Athletes aren't the only ones that suffer from the fear, though. 
Horror author Stephen King famously said that, quote, The number 13 never fails to trace that old icy finger up and down my spine. When I'm writing, I'll never stop work if the page number is 13 or a multiple of 13. I'll just keep on typing till I get to a safe number. I always take the last two steps on my back stairs as one, making 13 into 12. When I'm reading, I won't stop on page 94, 193, or 382, since the sum of these numbers adds up to 13." End quote. Similarly, U.S. President Franklin Roosevelt refused to travel on the 13th days of months or to even have dinner with 13 guests in attendance. Composer Arnold Schoenberg also had a crippling fear of the number. This was due to the fact that he was born on the 13th of September, 1874, and therefore believed his life to be ill-fated. He went so far as to refuse to rent any room with the number 13 attached to it, and avoided the number in his musical compositions. He was also very afraid of any date in his life that fell on the 13th, or was divisible by 13. In 1915, a fellow composer, Oscar Adler, sent him a note that mentioned that Schoenberg should watch out, as he would be 76 that year, which, when you separate the numbers and add them up, come to 13. After this, Schoenberg became severely depressed and anxious and proceeded to stay in bed all day. On July 13, 1951, he died at 1145, unable to, in the words of his wife, face the last 13 minutes of a Friday the 13th. The Yiddish writer Shalom Aleikum, whose stories inspired the musical Fiddler on the Roof, also suffered from a fear of the number. It was understandable, seeing as his 13th year had been a difficult one. His family had been forced to move back to where he had been born after a bad business deal made by his father, who before then was a fairly successful and wealthy merchant. After they moved back to poverty, his mother contracted cholera and passed away. When he became a writer, he labeled the 13th pages of his manuscripts as 12A. It was even rumored that his headstone memorialized the date of his death as May 12A, 1916, though it was proven later on that the dates were noted as they happened in the Jewish calendar, making the days different. Even Alfred Hitchcock, who was not surprisingly born on the 13th of August, had a run-in with a bit of bad luck with the number. His first directing attempt was with a film titled Number 13. It was simply just a film about poor Londoners finding affordable housing and start a married couple, but for one reason or another, the film fell through after only a short time. Hitchcock didn't really like to talk about it and hated when people mentioned it for the duration of his career. The footage became lost after that and today is highly sought after by film historians. The 13th, or even Friday for that matter, isn't all bad, though. One wonderful example of how people have turned a superstition into something charitable is a group called the 13 Club. Started at the College of William and Mary in 1890, it's today known for being highly philanthropic. Founded by Captain William Fowler, the club reveled in the number 13, dispelling the myth that 13 dinner guests meant bad luck and only dined together officially when 13 guests were in attendance. Fowler had had good luck with the number in his youth, attending the 13th Public School of Manhattan, where he had graduated at the age of 13. He had also built 13 structures when employed as a builder in New York. 
When the Civil War rolled around, he went on the 13th of April to enroll to fight and actually ended up participating in 13 battles. He later resigned on the 13th of September of the same year. After that, he both bought and sold a successful bar on the 13th. In order to keep the good luck rolling, he decided to always be a member of 13 clubs. Besides one where he and his friend drank boiling whiskey for some reason, his most popular club was the 13 Club. At these dinners, which were held on the 13th, they enjoyed 13 courses, which were always lit by 13 candles. Four U.S. presidents were even a part of the club at one point or another, including Chester A. Arthur, Grover Cleveland, Benjamin Harrison, and Theodore Roosevelt. The members of the first gathering, in fact, were so stable in their lives and careers that in a report following their first January meeting, it was stated in the history books that, quote, out of the entire role of membership, whether they have participated or not in the banquet table, not a single member is dead or has even had a serious illness. On the contrary, so far as can be learned, the members during the past 12 months have been exceptionally healthy and fortunate, end quote. Another famous collegiate association with the number 13 comes from Colgate University. The Colgate 13 began their all-male a cappella group, the second of its kind to exist in the U.S. in 1942. The group was named after the 13 men who offered $13 and 13 prayers each to found the university in 1819. They were so popular that they even performed the national anthem at the 13th Super Bowl. Finally, in Finland, Friday the 13th is not necessarily a superstitious day, but is still used as a way to warn people of the dangers of everyday life. Seeing as there is always a Friday the 13th on the modern Gregorian calendar, that day is used to celebrate National Accident Day, which began in 1995 to raise awareness about automotive safety. At the time, Finland was experiencing a large volume of reported accidents that resulted in a high number of deaths. Today, those numbers are down thanks to the superstitious nature of Friday the 13th. So, is it just a bunch of coincidences, or is there something just a little bit too off about the number 13? Granted, a lot of the events I've mentioned sound like events that are talked about on the news on a daily basis. Bad things happen every single day, whether they are accidents caused by humans or natural disasters. If something unfortunate isn't happening in your life, then it's happening in someone else's. In my opinion, there's really no way to stop truly unavoidable events. That includes avoiding the number 13. Superstition, in the eyes of most, is really just a band-aid that helps us to believe that we have control over the things that change our lives. In all reality, superstition, including the belief that you should avoid the number 13, is most likely just simple, illusory correlation. When our brains hear that A connects to B, we are much, much more likely to look for evidence to back that idea up, even if that evidence doesn't quite make complete sense. Maybe in the long run, though, it's better that we cling to the belief that certain aspects of life will bring danger. It helps to keep us on our toes to avoid the real dangers in our life. While an estimated $800 million is lost every time a 13 lands on a Friday in the U.S., it's also reported that fewer accidents happen on those days. 
It's not because of some invisible, unlucky force, though, but rather because people just opt to stay home for the day, avoiding the pitfalls of the outside world. At the same time, though, it's hard for me to say that there isn't any truth behind the myth. There have just been one too many coincidences while researching this topic for me to say with full confidence that the number doesn't have a mysterious effect on the world. While coincidences do occur frequently, the stories behind the number 13 seem like more than just simple chance. So really, that only leaves us with two options. Either it's our viewpoints that change the number, or it's our viewpoints that allow the number to change us. Still, it's better to be safe than sorry, so be sure to keep an eye out for the next Friday the 13th, which is scheduled to happen in November of 2020. As this episode comes to a close, I would like to thank my listeners for supporting my dream job. Without you, I would just be someone talking into a microphone at 2 in the morning in my parents' basement, like a crazy person. But still, I would love to have more to talk about. Please email me at strangeoriginspodcast at gmail.com and tell me what it is about this week's topic that interested you your suggestions for future episodes, or even stories of your own experiences with the strange and unexplained. If you would like to help this podcast grow, allowing me to make bigger, better episodes, be sure to click the follow button or even give it a five-star rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. If you're feeling bougie, you can also donate to my Patreon page, which is linked in the description. You can donate any amount, and each tier of donation receives great gifts like shoutouts, stickers, and even exclusive episodes. Or, if you're poor like me and would just like to enjoy more spooky stuff, be sure to follow my Instagram page at Strange Origins Podcast. And if you know of a friend, a sibling, a coworker, or a pet dog who would love to listen to my podcast, send them a link. It would be greatly appreciated. Be safe out there, but more importantly, guys, Remember to keep it strange.